Hello all and welcome back to another episode of TV and Us, a conversation show about the TV series we just can't stop talking about. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And each season we focus on a different show, reviewing it episode by episode, and we invite you to watch along with us. Right now, we are reviewing Succession Season 4, and today we are here at the series finale, Episode 10 of of Season 4, titled With Open Eyes. If you haven't watched it yet, or if you haven't watched this season yet, please go watch it before continuing to listen to this episode. We highly recommend. This is your spoiler alert. Please check it out before continuing to listen here. Okay, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with imdb summary for the series finale sure ahead of the final board meeting on the waystar gojo deal kendall and shiv try to shore up their opposing interests and get a fix on the whereabouts of a physically and emotionally bruised roman (sighs) all right so um (laughs) wow here we are the series finale can you believe it uh, I really can't. It's flown by. So much has happened, but it also feels mm-hmm. like it's flown by. And yes. um, we've been every episode of this season talking about what we're looking ahead to. How is this all going to end? What's the end game for this? What is this going to say about what the show um, believes about who these characters ultimately are? And we got it. We're here. We've arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. There is so much to discuss. Yeah. So much. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Well, let's start off with our choice of episode titles, and then we'll dive in to all of all of the things that we should talk about with this episode. Okay, what was your episode title of choice for episode ten? My choice is Carpe the DM. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. And indeed they do. Mm-hmm. Carmen. Very yeah. tragic DM. <laughs> um, my episode title of choice is Pain Sponges and Love Sponges. Amazing. Yes. Okay. Where, where, let's start off with your initial thoughts about the series finale. And then let's zoom in on to some of the specifics and the moments and the characters and all that kind of stuff. But just high level impressions and thoughts of how this show decided to end all of these storylines. I'm really impressed. Um, So many shows can be good for so long and then they have just a bummer of a finale. and I, I don't feel like this show did. Like somehow they managed to maintain this incredibly high quality through all four seasons, including the finale. And I am, I am incredibly impressed that they were able to do that. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me about this episode is just the pacing of it and how we go from really cutthroat, everybody's in their camps, shoring up the votes and then we go through these series of of more lighthearted moments you know we see the kids negotiating with one another and then eventually they anoint Kendall and have that really amazing moment in the kitchen of the meal fit for a king and then they come back to the states and have that moment with with Connor and his 
the great reallocation. And that was just this moment of levity and joy, but you're also remembering Logan and it's like joy mixed with tenderness at the same time. And then Tom drops that bomb on Shiv that he's the next CEO and bam, we are back in this just slug fest over this company. And just the way that this episode knows when to slow down and sink us into a moment that it's not there to be frivolous or fun or a filler, but you're still learning more about these characters and it's really intentional moment, but you need it. And I was just, I was so impressed at how they orchestrated this final episode to make it feel satisfying as tragic as it is. uh, It's still felt so fitting and we get to see some of these other characters like Stewie and like the Sandys that we maybe haven't seen for a while too so it was nice to see the inclusion of former characters while still being wholly set on our our three siblings and then we learn their their ultimate ending yeah I think this this finale is such a clear showcase and we've been marching up to this point that the show is so primarily concerned with who these three siblings are like the center they are the centerpiece they have been the centerpiece and the everyone else in their orbit is truly there to um stir things up to to be other pieces and and players on the board but the the primary like emotional moments that we get both positive and negative moments are always with these three siblings um yeah, I, there's so much that we need to talk about with all of how these uh, individual character storylines end up. But I think one of the things that as I was reflecting about this finale that really stood out to me is how much this show understands that the drama is actually in the emotional uh, tensions and the emotional relationships between these people. I think that um, specifically that that final 20 minutes uh, where they have that screaming match in the conference room. And we're going to definitely deep dive into this, but Kindle kind of taints that moment that they have um, where he he has that big confession in the season three finale that Shiv brings up about like, hey, you, you killed someone. Like we were kind of waiting for when that secret would come out again. And I love that I love that 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 isn't used as a big dramatic moment where we see Kindle getting like it's not event driven drama it's it's emotional driven drama the stakes of that card that the show is going to play the secret that we we know and the characters know that we're just kind of waiting for that to be revealed it's done in a way where the drama is because it fractures the relationships between them it's not interested in it being about the legal action and and uh, Kendall being indicted and all of this kind of stuff like it it's it's not interested in that big pomp and circumstance of let's let's bring the drama this way it's actually in seeing the way that it taints this rare moment of bond and connection and vulnerability that these these three siblings have just that 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 moment is now tainted because Kendall was willing to um, taint it and poison it to the point where, you know, it serves whatever need that he had for his own career and his own ambitions. And I think that sums up a lot of, I think what this finale does, it's actually not the big event driven, uh, drama that we would 
typically expect from like a prestige TV drama finale where there's so many people and big things happening. There's a lot that's happening, but the emotional gut punches are what feel a lot bigger and a lot more dramatic. So for example, like the Tom and Shiv back and forth betrayals and dynamics and and information that's revealed between them. Like we, we kind of knew that um, there there was this this red carpet being laid out for potentially Tom to play a key role somehow. And so the fact that he becomes the US CEO almost is not it's not too wild and, and, and surprising to me. It makes a lot of sense, which is fitting for the, the decisions that these characters make, but it's the emotions of it and what that does for these characters and the emotional uh, trust and arc that the show has built with us for the past four seasons. That's what the show capitalizes on. And I thought that was so well done. So well done. And it's the it's the logical conclusion for all of these characters yeah you know like we it all makes sense it's all there's continuity in their character actions which is just so nice to see that you can trace the decisions that they've made back and go oh yeah this makes sense why they would end up here Mm mm-hmm yeah, and that that was like an interesting feeling that I felt after the episode ended, which is that, to your point, it all makes sense. Like it, it's it feels incredibly feasible and grounded that it would unfold this way. And in fact, you know the the creative end games that everyone's thinking around about with like cousin Greg becoming the US CEO and all these like the the surprise factor of these. Um, uh, decisions that are made I think is it's the show's not interested in giving us the wow factor and the drama that way it's it's interested in tearing our hearts out and that fundamentally means that they know we are invested in these characters that we care about them that we've been following them and that there's been enough of the um the emotional uh preparation for us for these moments so it doesn't need to do anything big and outrageous, you know? And this feels fitting, but it also feels emotionally satisfying. I think there's a lot of times in series finales where I just feel like they've gone so big and they're bringing these plot events that come out of left field that it's a little bit unbelievable, um, but you're kind of, you know, there for the big emotional ride anyway. This one is is decidedly different. It feels grounded. And that was, I think, exciting to see. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's how I feel like this entire season has been, you know, mm-hmm. we've had mm-hmm. some really dramatic moments, like obviously Logan dying was a very dramatic moment, the election, very dramatic, but it it's also this like subtle drama, you know, mm-hmm. there's, you're watching and you know that a lot is going on, but then the episode is over and you're like, okay, wait, what happened? Cause there wasn't this big explosion, like you said, it was all character driven and it was mm. where are the characters emotionally and where are the characters in relation to one another and all of those shifts and changes and betrayals and all of that, that is what makes it so dramatic. Uh, just because there's so much tension within this little group, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. even need outside agitators because uh, they in and of themselves are dramatic and interesting enough to keep us hooked. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, we are invested in these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so yeah we're we're all in for wherever the show wanted to go and Mm -hmm. I'm so pleased that it ended well yes (laughs) yes there's uh I, I think you bring up a really great point though which is the pacing of this episode it's it's such an emotional roller coaster in a lot of ways this show really knows how to play with our emotions because we get to see these the humanity of of these three characters and the, the the that moment in the kitchen is so so childlike you can see that like there were these moments in their childhood where they teased each other and and they laughed together and that that te- that that tease of what would it be like if if these people were emotionally healthy and had true relationship with each other and care and connection with each other it's this little glimpse of a future and potentially of these glimmers from the past maybe and and when they're in in their younger years and then it rips it away from us the rest of the episode when they completely destroy each other and so the 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 arc of that I thought was really, really smart. We've, we've, there's almost this possibility, could they really work together? Which the fact that they explored that in the season three finale and at the beginning of the season, like we kind of know it's doomed. Like there's no way the three mm-hmm. of them are going to work together this way. Yeah. But it still tugs in our heartstrings. Like it still makes you feel warm and fuzzy to see them concede and want to annoy Ken and, and, um, potentially support each other right like what a thought and the show's like fundamentally these people can't do that they're too broken Mm -hmm. and I love how we've we've been on that journey of can the siblings work together or will they tear each other apart like we've been on that journey for the entire show yeah and I love that in this one episode they were able to take us through that whole cycle one more time and they just did it so well you know Mm -hmm. where they're at each other's throats against each other then they all come together and then they leave broken again and I don't know it's it's you have this hope for these characters for this brief moment which makes the tragedy of their separation all the more weighty in the end yeah yeah yeah, it's it's another reminder of what could be if they hadn't gone through so much of their childhoods and and that forming who they are and the trauma that they've experienced. Mm-hmm. One last little taste of sweetness before before it all goes goes to shit. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So smart of them. And I think what's what's fun is that we as the viewers still hold on to that hope as well. You know, like mm-hmm. we yeah. too are, are, it's, the show is like a bad boy, you know, they know how to like tease us and the push and pull of like, wouldn't it be nice if we could really be like this? Oh, but we can't. And, and that back and forth, we fall into it every single time. I'm rooting for them to work together every single time, even though cognitively I know that it's not going to work out. And the fact that we still are playing that game with the show is really fun um, I think it speaks to something in us as human beings that like we st- we just fundamentally want this to work out. We want the happy ending for these people. Um, mm-hmm. but the show's not interested in that. Yeah, it's it's Lucy in the football with Charlie yes. Brown, and yes. we are Charlie Brown, and we fall for it every time. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive into some of the specifics, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Where do you want to start? Where to begin? Um, let's talk about Tom becoming U.S. CEO. Uh, let's unpack that a little Tom. bit. And I think everything else that surrounds that, perhaps with Shiv, I think is very much integrated in this as well. So let's let's dive into that piece. Tell me your thoughts on that front. Tom is the worst. <laughs> I hate Tom so much, but it's such an appropriate conclusion because Tom is who Matson is looking for and Matson is who Tom is looking for. So it really is a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible heaven, but heaven nonetheless. Um, and I, what I really love about just how this episode ends in general is that everybody loses including Tom. Like, yeah, sure. He's the US CEO. Yeah, he sucked up to Matson. That's great. But that's literally all that he has. And so even like his relationship with Shiv has devolved so much. And so there's never going to be any like joy there. There's probably not going to be any like real reconciliation there. Um, And so he's still loses even though he seems to have won so I I like that his his victory is not a hundred percent and that was just a nice little thing to throw in there yeah it's interesting because I think it's it's tragic for us as the viewers but I would argue that for the character himself, I think it's a triumph for him he's gotten what he's oh wanted, yeah you know and there's yeah, a, a thousand percent. <laughs> We know he's lost because he sold his soul to be in this world. And uh, we've seen him from the beginning work so hard to try and fit into this world, to align himself strategically with the most powerful person. He's always seen himself as an outsider. He didn't grow up with wealth. Like he's this Midwestern boy who's married, married rich and is trying to navigate into this world. And he's successful. You know, like he's successfully finagled his way in. And so for so many of the other characters, I think for all three of the children, there's a dissonance between their desires and what has actually transpired for them. Like they didn't get what they wanted. In an interesting way, Tom has gotten what he's wanted. And I think his self-awareness and his clarity about what he's willing to do for what he wants is kind of refreshing. And I think it's, it's almost a win for that character in a way that I think some of the, the, the siblings just there's there's no self awareness and so they they can't really see themselves properly and they can't see the cost properly. I think Tom is aware of what he needs to do to survive in this world. You know his whole spiel that he gives around like he's willing to be the pain sponge, and we've seen that in him from the very beginning. His willingness to put his neck out on the line to suck up to Logan and offer himself to go to jail for all of the cruise scandals. You know, like he really is willing to do whatever it takes. And it's a, it's a little victory for, for him because the, there's a congruence between his desires and his reality in the same way that, you know, for some of the other characters, they don't have that congruence. Mm-hmm. He, he got what he wanted. He's got a little pep in his step, he waltzing does. in there. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Way to go, Tom. Way to way to be the biggest suck up. 
<laughs> What's interesting too is he he does he he loses in all of the departments as far as his his relationships. Like he has none of it. And I love that the show is willing to have Greg completely just betray him as well. I mean, it, yeah. from the beginning, we knew that there's that power dynamic there and that that Greg is willing to do whatever it takes and align himself wherever is needed. But I think I think that is a sobering realization for for Tom to truly know that he can't, he can't depend on anyone. He can only depend on himself. And the person that he thought was going to be his Greg forever and be Gregging for him forever, you know, like even that is unreliable. So he's kind of on his own. It's lonely. Yeah, it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, shall we talk about the Tom and Shiv ending here as well? Yeah, sure. Tell me your thoughts there. Again, like this show is so smart because Shiv has become her mother by the end of mm. this. And that is brilliant. Like probably Shiv's worst fear would be to become her mother. And that is what she has become by the end. And again, like it is absolutely tragic that she has ended up here, but it all makes sense why she ended up the place that she ended up. And I, I don't know. I just, I think it was absolutely brilliant. I hate it because Shiv is my girl. She's the best, but it is a fitting and appropriately tragic ending for this really dynamic character to be in this really tough spot that she's in. Yeah. She's once she realizes that she isn't going to be named US CEO, her options are slim pickings, you know, Mm -hmm. like she either aligns herself with Matson and Tom, which ultimately she does, or she watches her brother just become an absolute like power hungry, power drunk um, dude who is going to run the company into the ground. You know what I mean? Like both options are terrible. And so it feels tragic, especially for this strong female character to kind of be at the mercy of just the men in her life, you know? And, and, even that that final ending shot of her and Tom in the car in this what I think is suggested to be the kind of this loveless marriage, purely mm-hmm. strategic marriage, very um, Frank Underwood and I forget what the lady's name is, but very House of Cards esque, where they're purely just in it for the strategic alliance together. Um, it's it's tragic for all of the intelligence and. Um, sharpness that she has and I think what's what's the most uh difficult is that scene earlier when she's on the plane and there it's an incredibly vulnerable moment for her where she she kind of asked Tom if he's willing to give it a shot and I think what she says too is pretty on point which is that we've said the worst things to each other. We know how each other feels now. It's all out in the open. We've kind of spoken our truth. So there really is hope now to build a foundation. There's there's nothing that they're hiding anymore. They're not playing this game. They're not doing the dance anymore. They can maybe build something that's actually real because they've said the most real things to each other. And he just 
rejects her. And I think that's the straw that broke the camel's back, you know, like this moment of her reaching out, the thing that she fears most, but she's willing to do is, and just kind of bear her soul with this person. And he kind of shuts her out. And I think that that is a a very distinct shift in this, this character and what she learns about the world around her, which is that my vulnerability can never be shown. And I think she's learned that from Logan and I think it's, it's confirmed, you know, and her experiences with her brothers and with Tom now. Mm -hmm. And we've really seen that throughout this season. We've seen a more vulnerable side of Shiv than we have for the whole rest of the show. And every time she is vulnerable, it, it, it ends badly for her like over and over and over again. She is, pummeled anytime she's vulnerable with anybody and again like it's it's the tragedy of her showing this side of her it's 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 her showing some emotional health (laughs) unlike a lot of characters in the show and it's used against her or she's shut down again and and it's it's hard to watch somebody who is doing something that's fairly healthy and being honest and and trying to be open and being different than she was raised and it's reinforced that nope you need to bury that you need to shut that down yeah yeah and because we've like you mentioned we've seen her over the course of the season and over the course of the show struggle with this push and pull of of wanting and desiring and realizing that there is this need for that to to, for any kind of real relationship but she consistently shuts it down and suppresses it. And I think we kind of see the death of her willingness to be able to do that anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. that question she asks Tom, like, do you, would you want to have maybe build something maybe real? And he says, I don't know. Like that, that just feels like it solidifies her future. So I think what's interesting about this series finale is that it's not a neat, tidy bow that they that they tie up for all these characters. It's not like a definitive ending for any of them. There feels like this sense of what will co- become of Tom and Shiv. There is, there is a future for all of them, but everything has fundamentally changed about how they see the world, how they see themselves, and what they've now coded in their, their minds and their hearts around what is true and not true, what they can and can't do or can and can't be anymore. So um, there's a sense of, finality for their fates while still suggesting that their futures will continue amidst all of that, which I thought was a really great way to do a series finale. It's not a perfect little ending, um, but it feels like a distinct shift in all of these people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Armstrong, the creator and writer of this episode, uh, he has said about the finale, they don't end, they will carry on but it's where the show loses interest for them. And I thought that that was so brilliant. And like you just said, like the characters will continue, but this chapter of their life that the show is documenting is over. And, and I just, I wish that more, more shows would take that approach rather than this is the end and we need to, to, 
tie up every single loose end and everything needs to be in a in a bow like obviously you need to conclude things and have a satisfying ending but that knowledge of these characters will continue on but we're just not going to see what that looks like and that's okay that's part of the beauty of it to have created these characters in this world that is so believable that we can believe that Tom and Shiv are going to carry on, are going to have a child together, are going to have to navigate what it looks like to be married in this type of loveless relationship. We can imagine what what Shiv's going to be processing through as she she is grappling with with motherhood and and trying to heal from her own childhood. You know, like we can imagine all of these things because these characters are so real, but the show is wise enough to go, we're not we're not going there. This is the end for us. And I just, I love the brilliance and the simplicity of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're no longer interested in this chapter for them. Yeah. This one's over. Interesting. Um, what I love also, I think what you love about Shiv and what we all love about Shiv is her willingness to just, knife kindle in the back in that board you know like it's such such a badass move and of all of the characters that would be willing to do that and have that feel satisfying it is her you know like she has the boldness and the audacity to just flip the script on him and it's not it's definitely not going to be roman and it doesn't make sense for any of the other characters so i thought that that was fitting and they it also kind of satisfy this satisfies this um narrative arc of Kindle and Shiv being pitted against each other and whatnot that we've been building up towards. And we see that Shiv's the one that's ultimately going to uh, deny Kendall this future that he wants so desperately. Mm -hmm. And it's also interesting to think about when did she decide she was going to do that? Like, was this a premeditated knifing or did it happen when she was sitting in that room? Did she realize that Ken shouldn't be CEO? Like, I don't know, I don't know the answer, but it, it's kind of fun to think about when did she get to this conclusion? Or at least when did she start having enough doubts that she was going to actually sail the deal through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that I had been thinking about was the 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 segment where they choose and and have all that good feeling around anointing Kendall doesn't happen in their typical environments. Like they are mm-hmm. away, they yeah. are abroad. And I thought that was really smart because I think that, you know, being outside of your typical world, you, you can sometimes be in a different headspace or be willing to be open to more things. And then when you come back to quote unquote reality or your reality, the gravity of the decision that you've just made kind of sinks in deeper. And I think that it's my theory is that when it's when they're back in the office and she's seeing Kendall in his suit and, you know, you know, um, parading around and, and seeing that ego just flare up so quickly in him. Um, I think, I think that's where she's like, Oh my, like, I know that I said, I supported this when we were in Bar- Barbados, I think is where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, sip and run punch, you know, like swimming in the ocean. But 
though this is real and this is her father's legacy or I don't know. There's all, all kinds of decisions um, and reasoning that she probably had made. But I think that that sense of location and then the way that the character's decision-making might change based on where they are um, was pretty interesting and, and smart for the show to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that observation. And it's also interesting you know, I, I also wonder how committed she was to that decision when she stood up and walked away from the table. Um, because mm-hmm. she she seemed to be kind of torn still, even then. Uh, but then obviously Kendall's reaction was like, oh, no, you definitely can't be CEO. So I, it's just interesting to to ponder her and how she came to these decisions and, and when she did. But I, I think she ultimately made the right decision, even though she was definitely in a lose-lose situation. But man, how she got there was very explosive. That's a really good point, actually, which is that the seeds of doubt may have begun to be sown earlier, but actually like when did it push it over the edge for her where she makes that definitive decision and and has the conviction to go through with it yeah um I I I do see that there's there is that conflict when she leaves the room she's kind of willing to just it's emotional for her right like she's like oh my gosh this is really happening um but you're right there isn't that sense of finality uh when she walks out of the room I think she could have been open to a conversation that would have shifted her one direction or the other had Kendall, Kendall yeah. potentially handled it a little bit better, unfortunately. Yeah. Hmm. I love that. I love that. But yeah, he – his desperation, man. Let's talk about Kendall. Oh, Ken. <sighs> yeah. This is such a tough Ken, Ken episode. Yeah, it sure is. So – I went back to watch the first half of season one, episode one, because this is how I am. I'm in denial that the show's over, so I'll just go back to the beginning and pretend. <laughs> I love it. I like- love it that you've already started again. <laughs> I have. Amazing. I'm going to be joining you probably tomorrow, so Perfect. I'm with you. What's What was really interesting in the first half of episode one, though, is how much the show really had started with Kendall being positioned as the successor, uh, the heir to the throne. And you see from day one of the show how much he's obsessed and desperate for this, partially for his father's validation, but also this like how much his sense of worth is tied up into it. And I think what's fascinating is in that scene where they're screaming at each other in the conference room, you see the just raw desperation. Like he has put so much of himself and his identity and his worth into fulfilling this future for himself. I think he says at some point, like, if this doesn't happen for me, like, I might die. Yeah. And I thought that that arc, like, this burning desire that this character has and how much his worth has been sewn in has been there from the beginning. And he's been waiting and trying and strategizing and conniving to try and make this future a reality, to truly become his dad and sit in that seat that his father sat in and feel like he's enough. And the fact that Shiv Shiv denies him it, I think is, I, my read on those three characters is that it is the most tragic and desperate um, 
as far as the the landscape for for their futures. I think Kendall is in the worst headspace out of all three of them. Yes. Um, yeah. What are, What are your thoughts on the way that this this Kendall arc has unfolded? I yeah. It's it's so so sad. Like and and I love that when they're in Barbados and they're talking about, you know, their dad promising them the company. <laughs> Kendall says that it was when he was 7. Yeah. And just I don't know, like it explains everything about who Kendall is. Like just yeah. that one line. Just yeah, that has informed his entire life. No wonder he's fought so hard for this company because his dad told him when he was seven that it was his. And mm-hmm. he sees it as his birthright and his what makes him him. And it's part of his identity. And like that's so deeply unhealthy. It, it just explains so much of how Kendall became the way that he he did and that man man once they get back into the offices and you see you know business shark Kendall um the way he is with Roman popping open his stitches and then the way he is when they start physically fighting uh just you see this this viciousness and like you said this desperation to protect what he thinks is his and and what he has you know just connected to his entire identity and his entire being and then that moment when he's left and it's just him and and Colin and Kendall is staring out at the water and you're just like oh my gosh like he really has nothing at that mm-hmm. point, you know, no friends, no family, no business. Sure. He has many, many millions of dollars, but he has no purpose. He, he has no path forward. You know, he could create a company. He could uh, absorb a company like whatever, but it's never going to be, Waystar. It's never going to be this thing that he he thought was his birthright, and it's just it's it's the most tragic ending. Like, oh, mm-hmm. Ken, it's yeah. rough. The one thing that he's bet his his identity and his life on, he's gotten ripped away from him. But you know, from a, another angle, as you were you were talking about, like he has nothing which is awful for him, obviously, and it's it's very sad. But this potentially is the the best thing that could have happened to him, right? Oh, like yeah. in another way, yes. it's um, potentially putting setting him on a new path where he doesn't become like Logan Roy. He is free from the world of, of vicious business. He can get emotionally healthy and rebuild his life. Like the – the fact that it's just a barren wasteland for him means that maybe he can build something new. Whereas ironically, Shiv is still in the game, you know, like, and she's still in the world. And so you could argue that potentially, I know I said Kendall's been in the most tragic situation, but perhaps it's Shiv because she's still caught up in it. And because of that, 
the, the child that she's going to have with Tom, she's kind of also stuck in it. It, it. She will always be in the orbit of this world. And maybe Kendall will have a chance to rebuild his life. Go contact his. I think he had like a Zen Zen coach. <laughs> you know, like there's there's potentially more for him. And he's dodged a bullet perhaps. I love your positivity. That these incredibly emotionally dysfunctional characters can find feeling can be hope. okay. <laughs> I love it. I, I love your positivity. That's wonderful. I want that for Ken because I yeah. do have a soft spot in my heart for him, but mm-hmm. I don't know that he's capable of that. But you have to but hit maybe rock you bottom, will. you yeah. know, before yeah. you can maybe be set on a new path. Like everything yeah. he wanted was ripped away from him. Okay, maybe he can finally realize he wants something different. Maybe this is the best thing Shiv could have ever done for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she shivs because she cares. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, she, you know, he's – I'm worried. Knowing that he's an addict, that was my biggest yes. thought at the end there. I was like, oh, Me no. Too. Oh, no. Yeah. I I was like, okay, he's going to relapse or he might kill himself. Yeah. Like yeah. that was where I went. So I was like, thank God Colin's here. Exactly. So he can kind yeah. of stop him from – because he's in such a low place right now. Yeah. Such a hopeless place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just – I loved that that Colin is still in the picture and knowing <laughs> how close Colin mm. with, was with Logan and then seeing him – now guarding Kendall um there was that's just a really nice little parallel uh Mm. I don't know like I found found that like really sweet and like oddly comforting um (laughs) just Colin's presence there so Colin just walking like 10 feet behind him I don't know it was like weirdly comforting very godmother just protecting (laughs) protecting him from all the big bad business people Kendall needs it. He needs to be protected yeah. from himself more than anybody else. So yes. Hopefully yes. Colin can do that. This is true. This is true. One of the things that I thought was really interesting that we see in its most unhealthy form in this episode, but it's it's kind of endearing about Kendall is just his tenacity, his his willingness to continue to find a way forward. I mean, part of it's self-delusion, part of it's denial when it's in its unhealthiest form. But he's so willing to try and find another angle you know what I mean like even in the most dire of circumstances he's always trying to work an angle and find out if there's something else we can do and I I kind of love that he doesn't give up on it if he wants it and and he, he will try and find a way that level of persistence is admirable I think he just you know in his most desperate moments takes it much too far and can get tunnel vision and continue to try and work at something that is just clearly gone and no longer even feasible. Like it, it truly is a lost cause, but there's something really endearing about his willingness to be like, it's okay. We can, we can, we can work another angle. Should we go talk to Frank? You know, like still trying to find solutions forward. And man, if we could just harness that in a better way with some judgment, maybe, and some self-awareness, this could be really good. It's a really great trait that he has. But um, like we've talked about many times in the past, when it's overextended, it becomes a weakness, and we see that for sure. Um, but I love that about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need him to get emotionally healthy. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe that tenacity will 
will show up in better moments. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Roman. Okay, your guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I actually think that what I've loved about Roman from the beginning is still true. And he gets a shining moment where I think he's able to see things very clearly. He is the most in tune with everything going on around him. I think more than people give him credit for. And I think that moment where Shiv storms out of the room and Kendall's still trying to work an angle and salvage the situation. Roman's like, Hey, like we are bullshit. You are mm-hmm. bullshit. I'm fucking yeah. bullshit. She's bullshit. It's all yeah. nothing. It's all nothing. And I, you know, again, in his unhealthiest state, I think it it becomes this this like self-loathing and insecurity. But in its healthier state, like he has such clarity in being able to see the people around him and the situations around him. Maybe not really himself sometimes. Sometimes he has that mental clarity, but his his ability to speak that truth so clearly and come to terms with it. You know, he ends that statement. He said, we're nothing. Okay. Okay. And it's kind of this like, okay, now that we've accepted that this is true, that what are we going to do with it? You know, whereas Kendall's still in the state of self-delusion. So I kind of love that what we love about Roman, what we've seen about him as a character is still true, which is that there's a, a clarity that he has about the people and the dynamics around him. And he still, he still does his final final series finale yeah yeah and I I kept thinking that if like somehow Shiv still voted like no for some reason like she was never going to but if she she did I feel like Roman would have then gone in and be like no I'm changing my vote like Mm -hmm. because because he knew you know obviously like Shiv voted for the deal but he knew, and I think even in that that boardroom setting, he was also because his no wasn't a strong no, and yeah. you could tell that he was feeling pressured into it, but he did it anyway, and mm-hmm. and and Shiv didn't. Uh, she responded to that pressure differently, mm-hmm. but I I love that. I mean, Rome has had such a a hard time, you know. Yeah especially in this season over the last couple of episodes and you just see him the just this emotional wreck and you can tell that he's very fragile um like when they're in Barbados and the way that Kendall arrives there and he's so menacing the way that he's oh, calling yeah. for Roman and it was this like Robbie. weird like yeah it was this like weird like threatening presence yeah, there yeah. to get Roman um and i just love the way that Roman stands up for himself and he stands mm-hmm. up to Kendall and he's like no i'm i'm not doing this with you oh you're going to keep talking i'm walking away i'm taking myself out of this situation and i was like wow we're seeing some real like healthy choices from Roman (laughs) it was Mm -hmm. it was so great to see like I hated that he was in such a low place but it was it was nice to see him choosing the right things rather than just allowing himself to be pummeled yeah yeah exactly and you know it's it's also 
interesting to see how he's able to see some things with such clarity, but then there are these moments where he can't, he hasn't come to terms with it himself, so he can't say it. You know, I thought that Kendall's observation when they're in Barbados by the pool and he says like, Roman knows that he he doesn't want it. He just can't say it because it's this Mm -hmm. pride and this ego thing. It's a way for him to spar with his siblings and, and, you know, he, he doesn't want the humiliation of being like, I don't want it. And I thought that that was pretty fascinating too. So there's these some things that he can see very clearly and others that he just hasn't come to terms with and can't can't speak truthfully without them. Mm-hmm. Another little detail that I loved about Roman is that that final shot of him, he is drinking a martini, which uh-huh. is Jerry's drink. Oh my gosh. I didn't re- <laughs> I didn't put that together. Wow. And, yeah. So it's this, this How do you remember that? Wow. I'm <laughs> impressed. I, I'm more impressed at that than seeing Wow. Yeah. So so even in in that like mm. Roman is just this interesting swirl of of choosing like making healthy choices but also still having some some damage and some hurt and and regret and things swirling in him. So I thought it was an interesting Mm. way for him to end. Yeah. Yeah. And you see his reaction to seeing Jerry too. And it's just his humiliation and his uh, shame about the way that he's treated her. There's still care that I think he has for that relationship that he put so much um, emotional investment into and he knows that it's fractured. And so, yeah, you see that, that side of him that has a conscience is aware of his decisions. And it's such a contrast to Kendall, who's just so caught up in his own world that he really can't see anything anymore, but he has the audacity to make some bigger moves where Roman is far more in tune with the people around him and and the dynamics and himself, but it fuels the insecurity. It fuels, um, the self doubt, which kind of cripples him and and it makes him unable to, be the bold and, and kind of um, de, 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 um, the man that Kendall is that can like make decisions with conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I am the most hopeful about Roman though. Like mm-hmm. I know we never really got to see the rise of Roman, but I think, I mean, he ended the last episode <laughs> very badly, like very yeah. rock bottom and I feel like in this episode, we have seen him maybe come into his own a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of separate his personality from his siblings um, mm-hmm. and push back against them in, in maybe a new way than we've seen before. And mm. so I'm, he is the character that I'm hopeful about is that maybe he can continue to become a more healthy human and uh I don't know man use his crazy creativity out of the box thinking to to make something in the world I don't know yeah (laughs) so maybe the rise of Roman is just post succession Mm. Mm -hmm. hopefully yeah that little laugh at the bar there that was a little maniacal Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's like oh no I hope he processes this (laughs) like for real, for real, and doesn't just laugh it off the way that he does as his defense mechanism. But yeah, there's, there's, I think more, more hope for him 
because I think he can see himself and people around him a little bit more clearly. Fun fact, in the first uh, half of season one, episode one, there's actually a specifically a line where Kendall's waltzed in and he's trying to land the deal with Walter and Roman waltzes in as well and they have this little, you know, conversation. And right before Roman exits the conference room, he he, he throws up his hands. He's like, anyway, well, this is all bullshit. We all know this is all bullshit, right? Okay, bye. I'm leaving. <laughs> and it's such an interesting book ending, you know? Like fundamentally – I think this character's known. It's all just a game and whatnot from the beginning, but he's gotten sucked in over the past four seasons and it's getting spit out the other side, really coming to the same conclusion, but just with a far more sobering uh, reality of what that really means now. It, the, the, in season one, episode one, he says it just kind of mocking everyone, but it's fascinating to see the way that that's reframed in this where it's a very tragic, hey, we're all bullshit line, you know? Like, we really are nothing. Um, so I thought that was just such a fascinating little pairing that the show has done. Wow. And and that is the reason why I'm so excited yeah. to rewatch this, because <laughs> yeah. this ending will recontextualize so many things mm. that I have mm-hmm. forgotten because I haven't watched season one in years now so mm-hmm. oh I'm so excited and just to see how meticulous the writing has been yes. throughout this whole show that we'll be able to look back and see some very like whether it's a, a line like that or these pivotal decisions or these these little things uh how they eventually lead to bigger things yeah yeah I think that'll be really really fun really fun there's so many parallels between this finale and episode one it was a little it was kind of wild like Kendall rolling up to the to the um office again same opening you know like wow yeah wow oh that that symmetry is very nice yeah it's very satisfying okay uh other things that we should talk about uh should we mention Connor for just a second his, oh yes, his great reallocation. Oh my goodness, I yeah forgot about Connor during his episode until he showed up again. And I was like, oh yeah, Connor and Willa, what are they up to? Um, yeah, tell me your thoughts about Connor and kind of the way the show chooses to give Connor's ending as well. I think again, it's it's so appropriate for the character, um, and. Even for Connor, I think that there's still like a little twinge of tragedy there as well. Like he maybe is going to get this ambassador job um, that's still up in the air. But even if he does get it, Will is not going to come with him. So he's still, you know, it, it reminded me of that, that line earlier in the, the season where he talked about learning to live without love. And so it made me remember that, that he's, he's choosing to be in this, this loveless state yet again, and he might be separated from Willa for a while. And I I just thought that that was a really interesting way to kind of tie up their little story, um, was Mm. inserting some distance there. I don't know. It was just interesting. What's interesting is that I, I read their storyline as even more tragic than that, which is I think that Will is trying to get out, take her money and get out. Because yeah. 
there is, I think yeah. there's a line that Kendall says to her where he suggests like basically what what happens if um I don't know if actually if it's Kendall or Shiv but what happens if Megan doesn't go through and he doesn't move to Slovenia and her face is like kind of horrified you know what I mean like she looks like that is not the outcome that she wants which is to continue to have to be in the same place as uh as Connor so I I don't know if she's truly trying to like divorce and get out but she clearly does not I think want to spend more time with him her 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 she just looked incredibly pained at that scenario. And I think she's the one that's also announcing this whole like um, long distance thing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you're right though, but it's again, this another one of the Roy siblings that is denied any kind of love that they really do want and need and crave. Even, even Connor, I think as much as he says that he doesn't want it or need it, it's tragic that he completely has shut off that, part of him or just doesn't believe it's possible anymore at all you know um potentially you could argue connor's the most tragic because he's <laughs> yeah. truly given up you know like all of the other three roy siblings part of why they're explosive and and um they have all these like big scenes and and there's all the drama is because they still care they still get upset they still are moved in some emotional direction in one way or another and so they're still fighting for something, right? Like there's still some hope there. Um, whereas Connor's just so kind of lukewarm and just come to terms with the fact that there won't be love for him at all, that perhaps that's that's the true tragedy in the Roy family is it's Connor. They're <laughs> all Kendall. tragic and just <laughs> racing for the number one tragic spot. <laughs> yeah. We could tight, have a three-way tie. <laughs> It's interesting, though, to hear the way that our conversation has been like, who is the most tragic character, but then who has the greatest potential for potentially rebuilding their life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, is it a, like momentarily, I think Kendall's probably in the worst spot, but longer term, I think Shiv's got it more rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She's more stuck than Kendall yeah. is. But it all is kind of tough for all of them. <laughs> so that's clearly where the show has uh, landed its thesis, is that uh, the legacy of Logan Roy is the the trauma and the brokenness that he's uh, inflicted on his children. And um, I think that this shows, at least where it ends right now, is pretty pessimistic about the ability for these siblings to potentially like rebuild anything at all like they haven't up until now that the way that Shiv has knifed Kendall on the back I think he's uh, like it's gonna be so much um so much work to ever rebuild that if it's even salvageable you know what I mean like there's just we were talking about I think in the last episode that perhaps they'll destroy the company but then amidst all of the the remnants of it they'll realize that perhaps they have each other i think i said and i was like nope this show's like they don't have each other and they don't have the company you know they got none of it Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think it's interesting to think about that after we just had the funeral episode Mm. you know and they're talking about logan's orbit and you know he is this goliath of a man and and all of these things and 
you know, the, the company that he created is being absorbed by this other company. So that's going to be no more. Sure. He changed the culture. Um, but are people going to really remember that? And so then it's like his legacy is his family, Mm. but they're fractured and broken. And, um, we can trace a lot of their dysfunction back to him that he deliberately sowed into his children. Mm-hmm. And it, again, makes it all the more tragic because yeah. his, his legacy is brokenness. You know, he might've oh, built yeah. great yeah. things, but his true legacy is very destructive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, succession. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, as this final season was unfolding, and, and I think in the, especially, you know, the last three, four episodes, we everything is pointing to this ending tragically for these characters. Like, there's. There's fundamentally that we just we 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 sank deeper and deeper into seeing their true colors shown under these incredibly highly pressurized situations, and um, you know, like when these characters are squeezed, who are they really? And we we kind of were beginning to see who they are, and uh, it wasn't pretty. And so I I think that um, this tragic ending is fitting. I think anything else would have felt incongruent with. What this what this show has been leading us to, especially in this final season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we predicted, none of the children are the successor. Yep, which is good. Which it's is just good. so good. It's Tom. Like, it's who would have thought? Season Tom. one, episode one. Tom is just trying to buy a nice watch so that he can impress <laughs> Logan. Now he's taking over his company. It's incredible. It's yeah. really incredible. Yeah. It's great. But I think I think Tom and Greg, their whole storyline is pretty fascinating to me because with the siblings, it's been the focused on kind of these um kids that are entrenched in the system, these people that are entrenched in and inheriting a lot of the wealth and whatnot. But this other angle, which is also incredibly cynical about the way the world works, is that People that don't actually have great ideas or any kind of cunning to them, but know how to align themselves well, also make it to the top. You know, like mm-hmm. these are yeah. the people that are running our biggest businesses and our corporations. Like that in and of itself is also just an incredibly um, cynical view of society versus maybe say one of the siblings or someone internally like fighting their way and out strategizing everyone else. Like, no, Tom literally is just convenient and has is opportunistic and taken advantage of whoever's in power he actually has we've never seen him have really great ideas or a plan that he's looking to unfold or strategize it's just aligning himself rightly so that is uh, another cynical perspective that the show has unfolded as well for us Mm -hmm. that's great (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and to be the the puppet of a powerful person Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. or a or a parrot of their ideas and that's what Mattson wanted and that's what he got and the willingness to you know like so willing yeah 
But it is interesting that these two outsiders are yeah. still in. Yeah. Whereas the insiders are all out. Yeah. Okay. Some small little moments that I loved though was yeah. the way that the show, again, suggestions for how this future will unfold without showing us. But Carolina coming up to ship, try and get Hugo out. Yes. Frank and Carl being like, yo, I need to get Tom out of here. Tom being like, I need to get those two out of off my shoulders. Yep. Let's get Jerry in. Like the cycle will continue, which I thought was uh, kind of, I don't know, comforting in, in the sense that like there's this will continue on, but also tragic in that these people are just going to be con- like strategizing again, tirelessly slaving away and and manipulating each other for the next chapter like nothing has changed fundamentally like for carolina for hugo frank carl tom like nothing really has changed for them the ceo or the head mm-hmm. of the company might have changed but it's still the same stuff the same rules of the game the game's still there yeah yeah i had hoped that like jerry was gonna get out and like stay out <laughs> like dang it jerry you had an opportunity why are you back here yeah yeah but it it does it does create this interesting contrast of these people just are looking for the right opportunities and are out for their self interest, you know, and they'll and they'll make the decisions that way. Whereas mm-hmm. we see with with especially Shiv's decisions, she's because there's so much emotional undertones and and um, stakes for all of the the dynamics and the the politics of it all, like that is such a driver for decision-making. Like, for example, she's willing to put herself kind of in a worse situation just so Kendall can't have it, you know? Whereas these other people, they're just out for their self-interest. Whatever's benefiting them, they'll make the decision on. They don't have the same emotional baggage and and ties of, like, family dynamics or loyalties Mm -hmm. or that the Roy siblings have. So this is a changeover of power. They, They don't... They, there's no loyalty to Logan and his legacy and this is my father's company. They don't have any of that. It's just another day in the life and we got a new boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The game will continue. Yeah. And how much money can I make and is it worth it yeah. for me to go through this again? Yeah. Exactly. And we'll never know. <laughs> never know. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts about this episode before we – head into TV and us awards for succession. This episode was really funny mm-hmm. um, and had some really great moments. Like I loved uh, Caroline talking about how gross eyes are and calling yes. them face eggs. Like, that is brilliant. And it makes me wonder if one of the writers is really grossed out by eyes and just yeah. had to include that. Cause it's, it's just too good. Um, Why was Caroline so endearing in this episode? Also? Oh my gosh, she was. I want to hang out with her. Yes, like she's got some hot takes. Yeah, I know that she's the worst. The worst. Yeah, but also she's hilarious. Yeah. So really? yeah, I want to hang out with you, <laughs> and then go consult a therapist after. But still, yes. it would be a fun experience. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also that little moment where Peter turns her and he was like, that was such a waste of time. Yeah. Like, wow. Sav- the savagery of this couple <laughs> is just terrifying to think about. 
And then I loved the whole conversation between Shiv and Roman about murdering Kendall. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think it's Shiv that says that they decided against it because there was too much murder admin. And I just Far loved too much that. preparation involved for that. Yes. <laughs> we couldn't do that. And then Roman goes, don't tell him that. <laughs> oh, it was just so good. So I, I just loved in the midst of this really dramatic, very tragic episode, you have these just brilliant lines and these really humorous moments just so artfully weaved in all throughout. It was so fun. Honestly, Connor's entire explanation of the rules of oh my gosh the process <laughs> yes it was incredible I loved it can we believe that Greg hit Tom back oh, wow honestly their little like cat fight <laughs> in the bathroom I loved it I was like yes you go Greg hit Tom like <laughs> I am here for it go Gregory Peggery yes I saw a spot for Tom so I was like how dare you Greg oh. No. He did not hesitate for a hot second mm-hmm. to hit it back either. No, it was great. It's like, okay, Greg, you have started to grow a spine. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, we see all of the men in this episode just like resort to violence under pressure. Yeah. Like, okay, people. Yeah. Since when was this okay? Like, that wow. Is, that is wow. very interesting. Mm-hmm. It feels very intentional. Yeah. It's a little thesis there. Mm-hmm. Okay. TV NASA Awards, shall we? Sure, yeah. All right, best insult. Uh, my pick is he's a highly interchangeable module part. Yes. <laughs> Shiv says that about Tom. <laughs> you love the Shiv I do. insults for Tom. I, I think she does at 1.2. She's like, yeah. well, good thing he has an empty suit now. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're so good. Yeah, they're very good. Uh, I thought it was fitting to choose a Roman line. Absolutely. I'm going to eat his cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that whole bit where they're the all, nubbies. oh my gosh, he's the licking nubbies. the cheese. He's throwing the cheese around. They're all talking in fake British accents. <laughs> it was hilarious. So endearing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tugging on all of our heartstrings, man. Absolutely. There's such also just such like genuine laughs from Kendall that we've never seen before, you know? Yeah. And like when they when they little heart. anoint him and Kendall smiles yeah. and shows all of his teeth, I was like, yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen his teeth before. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little terrifying. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, who won the episode in your your opinion? Good old Tom. I chose Tom as well. Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. In a weird way, though, I'm satisfied for him. Oh, yes. He it can is, get ripped to shreds. Yeah. It is a very fitting ending. It is absolutely appropriate. I just don't like Tom, so I have to be angry about the result. Okay. But it's a great ending. <laughs> Carl and Frank are going to just, oh, give him a run for his money. But also, like, aren't they just going to take their golden parachutes and just leave? Like, I don't know. That's the way that I read their interaction was like, nah, man, we're just going to get out of here. 
Oh, interesting. I read it more as that they're like, should we go? Nah, let's 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 do it. Let's do it one more round together. Yeah. It yeah. It's ambiguous. It, it is very ambiguous. Maybe I'm just I'm I'm hoping for the the island for Carl. Yeah, man. Like Carl, Frank, Jerry, like just get out of there. You have enough money. Like what why are you they trying to stick want to around play for the this? game? I know. Because it's fun for them. The way that we just want to see them play the game more and more. That's, but that's no, fair. they have to have the wisdom to end the show. Gosh darn it. I'm really glad that they ended it here, honestly. Yeah. Like this was the right move. As as sad as I am that this show is now over, it it is appropriate. It was mm-hmm. the right time. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think once you kill off Logan, you got to start wrapping yeah. it up soon. Yeah. It is endgame mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then best power move. Uh, Greg using a translation app. Okay. Yes. That was so great. <laughs> I forgot about that. I freaking love that for him. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, for- I totally forgot about that scene. I was so proud of Greg. Like, I am too. I don't, I don't like Greg. I think that he's just a nincompoop. But – that moment, I was like, okay, Gregory, you are winning me over with using a translation app. This is this is A-plus stuff right here. And what's so fun is that everyone underestimates Greg. Yes. But let's just think back to over the course of this entire show, there have been so many moments that is has unfolded because of Greg. Because Greg mm-hmm. has aligned himself or given information to one of the parties that then is kind of the catalyst for the dominoes to get knocked over, right? But don't underestimate the little guys who are always watching, you know? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. They are sneaky, sneaky. So I love that they I love that they gave Greg some of those little moments. Mm-hmm. And he was the first domino. He set off this entire episode all because he used a translation mm-hmm. app. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the election episode, you know, like mm-hmm. him telling Kendall about Shiv working with Matson. Like he's done a yeah. lot, actually. Yeah, that'll he's... be fun to chart when we watch the show. Ooh, just okay. Little Greg moments. Greg moments. Critical Greg moments. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of a bumbling fool, but he, he is. is vital to yeah. this unfolding. This whole yeah. ending would have been different without him, right? Yeah, if he hadn't used that app. MVP for Greg. Yeah, way to go, buddy. (laughs) Him with the little sticker on his forehead, just grinning. It was so good. Eating up Tom's BS about taking care of him. (laughs) Oh, God. I just, again, love, oh, gosh, the show is just so smart because we were, we know what those stickers came from and the sticker meant that is mine. I am, I am yes. buying this. I'm claiming this. Yep. And so he's claiming Greg so that Greg has to continue gregging for Tom. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, it's so good. So smart. Yeah. Okay. Um, my choice for best power move is Shiv changing her vote. Heck yeah. I love it. Absolutely. I love it. It's tragic and awful, but she has the audacity to just walk out of a, the board meeting and be like, need some time (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I thought that was great yeah and then while Kendall's rage 
is directed at Roman, the walking away and changing her vote. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah. So good. Okay. Wow. Here we are. We made it. <laughs> we did. Final season of Succession, but the first season of TV and Us ever. So oh my goodness. It's poetic. It's very fitting. Yep. It sure it's is. It's a great, great choice. Great choice mm-hmm. for our first TV and Us uh, season and yeah. show to watch. Yeah. It's going to be hard to top this one, honestly. I know. I know. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be difficult, but I'm so glad we got to like unpack all of the episodes and whatnot of this past season. It's, there's been just been so much. So made for some really fun conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to yeah. do it again at some yes, point. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay. Well, here is where we'll wrap up Succession Season 4. Um, you can find it available uh, Episode 10, the series finale on HBO Max. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of TV and Us. Our name sums it up. We're big fans of TV and the powerful ways we can connect with each other and the world around us. This podcast is about all of us and our shared stories. Everyone is welcome here, and we're so glad you joined us today as we continued our journey through Succession Season 4. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about the series finale. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at TVNSPod, or you can email us at TVNSPod at gmail.com. So yes, Sarah, as you mentioned earlier, we will be back with more episodes of TVNS. Uh, we'll be picking a different show, doing a totally different uh, show in a different series, so that'll be a lot of fun. All right, we hope you have an amazing week, and we'll uh, see you back here on TVNS.